Welcome to the Ultimate Fighting Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Henson. Today, we've got lots of topics to talk about. I do want to preface the podcast once again. If you're new to the podcast, you might hear my dog in the background. It's really hard to completely edit all of her sounds out. I do have a dog. She's very playful. Sometimes she sits down and just sits here in the office with me. And sometimes it takes her a while to get to doing that. So, if you hear hear her caller or something, I'm sorry. It bugs me just as much as it bugs you, I promise. But there's not much I can do about that. She's a dog. It's They make noise. That's what they do. But if you're a continued listener or a new listener or whichever, thank you for listening. I'm Justin Henson. You can follow us on Facebook at UFP-Ultimate-Fighting-Podcast, where we will be posting more very soon about the episodes we'll be posting more news topics we'll be discussing upcoming fights we'll be discussing decisions on there as well and you can keep up to date with what to expect in the future from the podcast on there if you follow us on twitter at ufp 2019 you can see all of our controversial um, opinions about mma as a lot of people just have some ridiculous thoughts out there for mma But today we're going to jump into a lot of news topics. I know most of y'all are like, oh gosh, we've all we've been listening to this week is Connor, 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 Connor. I'm going to let you know uh, the first half, probably like the first 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, maybe, maybe less than that. But the first half of the hot topics and news section, we're going to be talking about other non-Connor cowboy related stuff. And then we're going to jump into Connor Cowboy pretty hard. And I will be the one and only podcast based off of my listening of every other podcast that is not going to be like, oh, Connor's amazing. He's the best thing for the sport. It's fantastic that he's back. Can't wait to see Connor fight again. Oh, Connor's great. Connor, 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 Connor. And if you're a Connor fan, you this might not be the episode for you because we're going to be pretty honest and upfront about, well, Connor here. We're not going to sit here and beat around the bush and pretend like Connor's the best thing to ever happen to MMA when he has had, he's done a lot of damage to the sport in my opinion and to different divisions in my opinion. We're, and then after all that, we're going to go ahead and talk about the card, give some predictions, and talk about some other uh, fights with it. Find us on um, Apple. We're having some issues with Google right now that we're working through, but you can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify, um, I believe Podbeam, Blueberry, Spreaker, you know, your major podcast platforms. So let's go and jump into a few news topics. First off, we're going to talk about one release. Kyle Bochniak was released from the UFC. I was kind of surprised, but looking back at his current record in the UFC, uh, you know, I kind of doesn't necessarily surprise me a whole lot considering the releases they've had as of recent. But still, uh, Kyle Bochniak was released. Sorry for Kyle. Hopefully he can, you know, go to Bellator or go to PFL or something. 
Now there's a few fight announcements that were made. So we've got announcement of Aspen Ladd versus Juliana Pena scheduled for March 28th. A lot of people were pretty excited about this and happy about this fight. Uh, I'm just not there for it. I want to know why Ladd didn't get a title shot here. If I recall correctly, she's the number two or number three. I believe she's the number three Bantamweight. You know, she should be fighting Amanda now. You know, she just came back after losing to, you know, she lost to Jermaine. She came back, did a phenomenal performance. Jermaine just fought for the title and Aspen was number three. The only person above them, I believe, is, uh, I want to say Suarez, but I I feel like I'm wrong on that. I really do. I really do believe Aspen Ladd should have gotten a title shot after this, and I understand, you know, Amanda wants to go and defend the featherweight, but it's not looking, not looking good there. It's not looking like that. It's entirely a possibility, but this, you know, this, this is still probably going to be an exciting fight. Both of these women are really exciting fighters. And this is going to be for March, the March 28th card. Hopefully, you know, no offense to Juliana, but I'm rooting for Aspen to win this fight and then maybe see Aspen Ladd versus Amanda. I think Ladd deserves a title shot, but I don't, I don't think she's going to be the one to stop Amanda. I just don't. Amanda is a wrecking force. She is the greatest for sure with the women's she's arguably one of the greatest all time or one of the greatest fighters of all time and you know that that is up for debate there's no oh no 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 no, she's not no 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 no, you're ridiculous no she's pretty much taken out everybody most of the big names she has taken out now, they also scheduled Andrade versus Nami Yunus 2 for April 18th. You know, the, uh, this one this one excited a lot of people as well. This one doesn't excite me as much. Just because I feel like the fight, you know, we've seen this. We've seen it. I don't, I don't see a lot of ways this fight necessarily goes differently other than the finish. I think this time... Rose for sure wins this fight because Rose was piecing Andrade up. Rose was absolutely winning the first fight. Without a doubt, easily winning the first fight. And Andrade got up, slammed her and spiked her. But I I don't think Rose is going to let that happen again. So I don't see where Andrade goes in this fight. I just don't. Rose is so different on the stand-up. I mean, we're talking about a former champion who beat Joanna twice, made Joanna tap out to strikes, and then in the second fight, easily beat Joanna and almost, you know, she had three of the rounds easy, and then two of the rounds I gave to Joanna, but they were barely Joanna's rounds. You know, they were more of a kind of considerate give to Ioana. Rose was winning that. And she was dodging a lot of stuff. A lot of the strikes that were counted for Ioana, they just didn't land. 
I don't see this being a good fight for Andrade at all. I see this being a good fight for Rose because she can come back. She can get that win back, um, take that victory back that Andrade took from her. And then she can go into a title shot. But really, Rose deserved a title shot against Wiley way more than Ioana did. I do not think Ioana deserved that title shot. Rose deserved this title shot way more. Way, way more. I'm excited to see Rose come back, though. So, it'll be nice to see Rose come back. She'll be back April 18th. And it'll be nice to see her get another victory. Because, I mean, I don't see another way that that fight really goes. So, Sean O'Malley's kind of, sort of, slipped into the news, but not a whole lot. And I believe that's partially because we all knew about the suspension already. We all knew about the suspension already because it was announced back in August that he was resuspended, which was why he wasn't fighting again. Or am I mistaking this? Like, is this a third, a third failed test? I'm confused here. From what I've read, it was a second failed test, but we already had this happen. Unless I'm misremembering stuff and I'm in an alternate reality. But I swear... Sean O'Malley was already suspended and then got suspended a second time, even though he, you know, they had determined it wasn't a re-ingestion. And now they're talking about this. They're re-announcing this. And a lot of people are speculating that's why his fight was moved to March, which doesn't make sense because... The fight was announced after the suspension. Like, the suspension happened back in August. It's not like he just got suspended. Like, it happened. And the standard, six months, so why would you schedule a fight out? You know, I, I that doesn't make sense to me. I could be wrong, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, he got suspended a second time for the same thing. And a lot of people were up in arms about it. And the first suspension was over a year ago, because it was back in 2018, I think in maybe September or October of 2018, he had pulled out, put something on Twitter, hey guys, you know, um, USADA's being all hush-hush about this, but I'm telling y'all, I got pulled from the card, there's some adverse findings and whatnot, and everybody was all like, oh, forget O'Malley, he's... You know, he's clearly, he clearly cheated and took something. And then a few months later, TJ came out and was like, Hey guys, I'm relinquishing the title. Apparently, you know, there's something going on and whatnot. It was like, Oh no, no, he clearly cheated. But everybody was like, Oh, TJ, TJ. Everybody was all on TJ's side, but was hating on O'Malley. It made no sense. Oh, I, I know that happened. In 2018. And then he was pulled from a card because I remember being excited he was coming back and he was pulled from that card because of another failed test based off of it pulsing. Which brings me to the like the John Jones Izzy beef. Um <laughs> you like that transition right there, right? We're gonna just slide that pulsing effect in. 
um, the, with the king of the pulsing effect, John Jones and Israel Adesanya. They've been beefing uh, probably for the last couple months now, I think. But Jones talked about Izzy's legacy being his walkouts. Now his fights are just going to be remembered for walkouts, whereas Jones fights are going to be remembered. You know, he's going to be remembered for his fights. Izzy fired back, said, nah, man, you're going to be, you're going to be remembered as a drug cheat. That's all you're going to be remembered as because you're a drug cheat. And it's, uh, you know, he, he's got some points there. I mean, there's huge asterisks on Jones record, um, but this is becoming one of the most interesting, uh, I think rivalries, especially of 2020 and I don't know if y'all noticed it. Well, I, I know nobody noticed because nobody talked about it. But in July of 20, 2017, Jones failed that test. And then July of 2019, he, it was supposed to be the two-year mark of where this pulsing effect wasn't supposed to like, was supposed to like stop happening. According, if I remember this correctly, according to Jeff Novitsky and USADA, this was supposed to be a two-year pulsing effect. And then, so basically in July of 2019, it was just, bam, no more pulsing. But we just so happened to stop announcing tests and stop doing tests that were under a certain percentage, which if you listen into my early episodes of the podcast, which you really shouldn't because the audio quality is just not there. But if you were one of the people that listened in, I talk about that. I talk about, okay, well, if this you know, if it's something in their system that's not, uh, not, um, if it's not helping them, it's not enhancing their performance, then why are we testing 60 picograms, 90 picograms, six picograms? So I'm really glad that they, you know, they fixed that, got that under control, but we're never going to like get that end result of that pulsing effect. But Izzy's right, you know, there are these huge asterisks on Jones' record, but Jones is making up for it. He's working on getting, you know, he's clean now. He's passing all his tests. He's still fighting. He's looking relatively decent in his fights. Not, you know, the spectacular Jones we've seen before. The Santos fight was really close. Problem for Jones that makes a lot of people think, okay, uh, you know, and, and... Brennan Schaub says Jones is playing with his food and he's bored, but Jones has always fought this way. He's always fought this way. He doesn't just want to beat somebody. He wants to beat somebody at their own game. You know, if somebody's a stand-up artist, he wants to beat them in the stand-up. He finds what their, their specialty is and then goes for that specialty. He wants to beat them in their own their own specialty. Okay. Last major news topic before we get into Conor McGregor. Jessica Panay and her quote unquote USADA retirement is what we're going to call it on here because that's essentially what she called it was a USADA retirement. Jessica Panay took to Twitter and Instagram this week and a long post to say to all my fans i'm not even sure how to start this or go about addressing this to everyone 
I am heartbroken and defeated. USADA has effectively bullied and forced me into retirement from MMA. About three years ago, I was advised by my doctor to start an over-the-counter medication that would balance out my extremely deficient hormone levels. I followed the rules to the best of my knowledge and even had prescribed medications rejected when I was informed they violated the stipulations of USADA. With USADA being new to me and most everyone in the UFC at the time, my naivete thought that having a doctor's note slash recommendation for a simple over-the-counter product would be safe to take. Turns out it wasn't, and I was banned from fighting for 18 months. I was upset because I did not knowingly break the rules, but I took ownership, kept my mouth shut, and served my sentence. During this time, I was repeatedly tested and I was clean on everything. This incident was a wake-up call, which made me hyper-paranoid about everything I put in my body because the stigma of being thought of as a cheater is humiliating and something that goes deep to my core beliefs and I couldn't be tied to. I went broke during this time and embarrassingly had to do anything I could to 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 make ends meet. I drove for Lyft, taught privates, and anything I could to get by. Finally, when I had served the sanction, all I wanted to do was get back to fighting. I was booked to fight in February of 2019 when I suffered a sprained ankle warming up the day of the fight. I couldn't believe this happened. I felt like I was cursed. The UFC was gracious enough to rebook me in April. But as you may or may not remember, I was pulled from that fight. The reason I was pulled was because of an extremely low level of stanozolol was found in my system, picogram levels. My heart sank after everything I had gone through by complying and staying quiet just to get my shot back. This happened. I had been tested so many times and had even tested clean days before this actual test was given. I knew this had to be a mistake or some form of contamination. What we thought was going to be an easy determination of cause turned out to be an emotional roller coaster and ended in disaster. I spent thousands of dollars I didn't have testing medications and supplements, most of which were third-party certified that the UFC PI gave me. The lab I tested my supplements at, Corva Labs in California, actually found the banned substance substance that USADA was trying to pin on me. I was overjoyed with happiness, thinking that my name would be cleared and I could return to fighting. However, that was not enough for USADA. And even with those test results and all their evidence showing that the levels found in me were so small that it was clear to everyone that it was not a performance-enhancing dose, USADA took it upon themselves to find new samples and retest everything at a lab in Utah. Weeks went by, and after lots of confusion and arguing, USADA comes back and says their test results negated my test results, and they were handing me my second violation, which comes with a four-year suspension. At my age, there's no way I can come back in four years. At this point, I am lost and defeated. 
Donna Marcellini and Jeff Novitzi, who are in charge of athlete health and performance for the UFC and who handle all the dealings with USADA, have believed in me and my case since day one. They have supported me and have spent endless hours on my case to prove I did not do anything knowingly and intentionally to cheat. During this three-year period, I've been sidelined. USADA has had to reform some of their rules, which legally gave me a sliver of hope, because under these new rules, my first offense should be wiped away with the knowledge and proof of the doctor's advice and compliance I showed to try and follow the rules. It was very clear I didn't knowingly take a banned substance. There's a paper trail to prove it, and I never hid the fact that I took it. As a matter of fact, the only reason they caught it is because I wrote it down and informed them of it. After the so-called second offense, I was subject to multiple interrogations during at which my emotional state of crying and utter di- disbelief caused me to come across the- to Nadia, the USADA agent, as not pleasant. She showed zero understanding to my emotional state, and I believe she was simply on a witch hunt to show relevance to her job. When she couldn't pin me for how this non-performance-enhancing dose got in my system, she essentially told me I was screwed, and they would sanction the full four years on me unless I ratted out other fighters or coaches that I knew were using PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs. My mind was blown. At this point, I lost all hope and respect for the USADA program. I am all for a clean sport and the idea of USADA, but to threaten and end a non-cheater's career because they aren't good enough to find the real cheaters on their own is mind-blowing. I have fought this with everything I have, and Donna and Jeff have exhausted every resource they have to prove my innocence. USADA is now acting like the High Sparrows in Game of Thrones and operating in a capacity where they feel untouchable and know 90% of the athletes can't afford to properly defend themselves. As a final insult to all of this, Nadia and USADA have requested that I sign a letter agreeing to their career-ending terms and sanctions against me. I am here today to tell you that my management team and I did not and will not ever agree to to this si- agree will not ever agree to sign this sanction they are imposing. I am innocent. I don't know where I go from here. At this point you saw this held me from making a career and income for the last 3 years and I am just ashamed to say I am broke, defeated and heartbroken. I have been advised by Jeff and Donna that I have one last shot to try and get back, and that is to hire a lawyer and fight USADA head-on in court, but that could cost upwards of 30 to 40k. My manager has my manager has advised me that he is going to start a GoFundMe account to see if we can raise the money needed to fight, but I am not holding my hopes high. I hope with all my heart that you all believe in me and know I would never cheat. I love this sport and gave my life to it. Sincerely, Jess. Now, 
I don't exactly know how accurate all this information is. That was the entirety of the post Jessica Panay posted to her Instagram and then put on linked to her Twitter. So that, you know, the accuracy of the entirety of this, I don't know. Um, you know, with second offenses, they do do four years. They do give you the opportunity to minimize that sentence, which is what John Jones got. And everybody has speculated this since then, but nobody has officially confirmed it. We've all basically just been like, yeah, yeah, you know, he he uh, gave some people uh, some names up and that's how he got his sentence reduced, which by this logic would make sense. Um, and but, it, you know, if you have this picogram level thing, then I mean, Jones also Jones sentence would also technically be thrown in everybody else's sentences should also be thrown out at that point it's kind of hard to say say you know that i you know the findings thing they do have certain labs that they go through and are required to go through and i believe i i think that might be a water requirement but i don't know but usada did come back with some of their own stuff um this was posted on mma fighting Said USADA has now responded to Jessica Panay. Given Jessica Panay's public statement, we can confirm her positive test for Stanozol, USADA official said in a statement sent to MMA Fighting. However, there are many factual inaccuracies and unfounded allegations in her statement, including that she has been forced out of UFC. In fact, she has exercised her right to contest her case before an independent arbitrator per request USADA received after she released her public statement. Under the UFC anti-doping policy, all athletes have the right to present the facts and circumstances during a full evidentiary hearing. We look forward to the opportunity to present the facts and evidence through this process. So USADA came back and was like, you know, some of what she said is right, some of it's not. But in reality, you know, it's, it makes sense what she, what she said, according to them. You know, yeah, she she wasn't technically forced out of the UFC, but you saw this taking that in a very different perspective. You know, the way Jessica's looking at it is her age and how a four-year sentence is going to be. Just like for John Jones, if Jones would have had a four-year sentence, I mean, the last year, uh, two years of his career wouldn't have happened. You know, we'd still have another six months. He'd be coming back in July of this year. I can't remember. It's either Jones would either be coming back this year or next year. And you know, he's 32, 33, but that takes away the last three or four, four fights of his. It takes away the Gus fight, the Smith fight, the Santos fight. It takes away the Reyes fight. You know, um, at this point, Gus probably would be the light heavyweight champion. or they would have kept it on DC, but you know, the way she's looking at it is, yeah, her her age, which I don't know her age, but in her mind, four years later is just going to be too old for her as to be a fighter in the UFC. Which, you know, uh, everyone's got a different age where they want to quit fighting, and she could be right, uh, you know, but that's up to her. So, you know, that's not she's not saying that 
she, that's not exactly what she's saying either. She's not exactly saying, hey, you know, I'm not fighting anymore because they forced me to, you know, retire. You know, in, in a way, she's saying that, yes, but in a different sense of it. I was just 36, would put her at 40, which is pretty old for fighters. Um, especially when you have lots of wars on you. But if she's going to contest this, then, you know, she's she's taking her right. She's taking her right to put take this information and, and put it out to the public. You know, USADA doesn't do that anymore, so Jessica ha had to do that. As this is her case, her information, her, her stuff to share. USADA doesn't do that anymore just because sometimes there are cases where, yeah, it's, you know, it is a contaminated substance. And so they don't do that any anymore until they go through the entire arbitration and all that process. So if she's going to contest this, then, you know, she does have a chance. Yeah, it's going to cost some money, but if you really believe, hey, you know, this is something that you can win, uh, you know, you got to do what you can to find that money or, yeah, you're, you're going to have to retire, you know, me. Th this is just what USADA is here for. They're supposed to be stopping cheaters. And unfortunately, whether you, you know, you may not have intentionally done it. Yeah, it could be by those picogram levels. But according to what they have in their science, the, the, the result, they, they can't really change it because according to what they have in their science, the result makes sense. The sentencing makes sense. So if you want, you know, you want to contest that, then contest it. And that's about as, that's really all I have on that. Uh, let's see. I think... That just leaves us with Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone. So if you're a Conor McGregor fan and you don't want to hear the one podcast that's not going to sit here and praise Conor, and you don't want to hear somebody talk crap about Conor and how Conor's not good for the division, you probably want to skip about maybe the next 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, probably about the next 15 minutes. Somehow I managed to spend half an hour talking about all those topics. So, let's go ahead and jump into Cowboy versus Connor. There's a lot to talk about here. I particularly am not a huge fan of this fight. There's there's a couple things about this fight that I do like. One, it's got Cowboy. If it didn't have Cowboy, I probably want to go and watch this fight uh cuz I I just don't care to watch another Connor fight. I don't care because the meaning of watching another Connor fight is terrible for the sport it's terrible for the lightweight division it's terrible for whatever division connor's going to fight in the bonus here is we do have another fighter that is going to get a good payday because of this and he's added to the list of like three or four people that have been affected by connor in a positive manner and i'm dead serious here everyone was oh yeah Con connor's helped so many people who? Who? Literally name all the fighters Connor has gotten a big payday for. Literally name all the co fighters Connor has helped. Khabib's gotten a good payday because of him. 
assume Aldo got one. Alvarez got one. Uh, Diaz. Yeah, yeah, four guys. Four guys, yeah, he really helped the whole UFC. Woo! Really helped the whole UFC. Man. You know, it's not like he held up two different divisions, uh, decided to go play boxing, decided to just ignore the fact that he was champion and ignore defending titles. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, he really did a lot of good for, for the UFC, though. Whew. Yeah. I'm dead serious with this, too. Uh, I hate the fact that Connor is back. I hate the fact that Connor is back. There's been a lot of dumb, 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 dumb things said about Connor, about this fight, and I cannot reiterate that enough. Um, one of the biggest, and of course, you know, this just gets added to the list of dumb things Dana White has said. Oh, yeah, they're fighting at 170, but it's really a 155 fight. Let me go back to, like, third grade. 155, 170. Um, 155 equals one. No, no, no. That doesn't work. 155 equals 170 minus 50. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're not equal. They're not the same division. They're not equal. 155 is not 170. They're not 155ers if they're fighting at 170. They are fighting at Walter White. Walter White. This fight should not earn, no offense to Cowboy, but this fight should not earn them a title shot at Lightweight if they're fighting at Welterweight. That is the same concept that got Connor a Lightweight title shot in the first place. And it was just stupid logic back then, and it's stupid logic today. If Connor wins this fight, he does not deserve a title shot. One, because it's at welterweight. Two, he literally has one win at lightweight. This would be his second win at lightweight. How many wins does Justin Gaethje have at lightweight? How many wins does Cowboy have at lightweight? How many wins does Dustin Poirier have at lightweight? Tony Ferguson? Anybody in the top 10? Where are their title shots? This literally does not make sense to be a title contender fight. Also on top of that, Justin Gaethje is next. You can sit here and say Justin Gaethje refused fights all you want. He refused fights because they don't make sense. The fights for Justin Gaethje are, are literally Tony Ferguson or Khabib, you know, the winner of that. Or if Ferguson loses, then Tony Ferguson versus Gaethje. Or Gaethje versus Poye. Why would Gaethje want to fight somebody below him in the rankings that doesn't do any good for Gaethje? That doesn't get him closer to a title shot? Especially... If you're giving a guy who's already below him in the rankings, or a guy who's had far fewer fights in the last year than Gaethje has, a title shot. This doesn't make sense. Like, listen to yourself here. Gaethje deserves a title shot way more than Connor does. You literally cannot come up with an argument 
for why Connor deserves a title shot more than Gaethje does and sound like you have any concept of this sport. And if your argument was, oh, it's all about the money. Well, in a way, yes, this is a business and businesses are about money. But no, this is about a title. This isn't about money. This is about a title. A championship. That is what this sport is supposed to be about. You can sit here and say, oh, this sport's supposed to be about money. But when this sport started, they literally made nothing. Like, they made next to nothing to fight. It was all about titles. That was the entire concept of this sport. That was the entire legacy of a person's career was about titles, not money. The true legacy of Conor McGregor's career at this point in time is he has had four titles, actually five. To my recollection, the only one he has technically defended is the interim featherweight title, and he defended that by fighting for the featherweight title. He has not defended the UFC featherweight title. He has not defended the UFC lightweight title. And if I recall correctly, the titles he won before he got to the UFC, he never defended those either. So no. Connor's legacy is just this guy who managed to earn two title shots he didn't deserve and just went off and, and earned a bunch of money and disrespected titles and disrespected divisions. Literally giving Connor a title shot, you might as well take the lightweight title belt, throw it in the trash because it means nothing. What's going to happen? Oh, he's going to go off and, and fight who? Nate next? Which honestly is the only fight for Connor that makes sense is Nate Diaz. That is the only fight that remotely interests me for Connor McGregor is a fight with Nate Diaz. The trilogy fight for Connor is literally the only fight for Connor that remotely interests me as a Connor fight. Because I don't look at this as a Connor fight. I look at this as a cowboy fight. This is cowboy fighting for the sport. This is cowboy fighting for sanity in this sport for meaning, legacy, for respect, and, and prestige to this sport, to this division, to this title. That's the way I see this. It, it is you've got this guy who is a veteran, who, who says yes to everybody, who fights as hard as he can to get a title shot. And then you have this other guy who, who was granted title shots left and right willy-nilly just because he was Conor McGregor. This guy who made the company millions of dollars. And I mean, I'm not wrong here. <laughs> I am not wrong here. Both of these are true. All these are so far true statements. But no other podcast, nobody else wants to talk about this. I don't like this fight. It doesn't make sense. I'm happy for Cowboy. I'm happy he's making money. I'm happy he's enjoying this. I'm happy he's getting a fight at a division that's good for him. But there are so many things that come out of this fight that are just dumb and make no sense. And Gaethje is next for a title shot in the lightweight division. 
there could be a couple other people that you can make an argument for. But Connor is not one of them. There's a so with that, Dana said Connor is is on standby if Tony or Khabib pull out. So not only has Dana said, hey, if Connor beats Cowboy, he's getting a title shot next. But now he said, hey, even though Connor and Cowboy haven't even fought yet, they haven't even fought yet. Connor hasn't even beat Cowboy. Connor's on standby in case one of these guys pulls out. If Cowboy beats Connor, oh, Connor's on standby. You, you guys hear how dumb this sounds, right? Like, this is stupid. And, Dana, believe it or not, believe it or not, as you have said in the last couple weeks, that the fans are disrespecting Cowboy by just get by just putting Connor past Cowboy. You're putting Connor past Cowboy. You're disrespecting Cowboy by saying stuff like this. You're disrespecting Cowboy by saying Connor's next fight is for the title. That Connor is on standby. You're disrespecting Cowboy. You're disrespecting Gaethje. You're disrespecting everybody in that lightweight division that has busted their butt to get a title shot just to get passed on by because Conor McGregor is Conor McGregor. You're disrespecting everybody and that title by doing that. It is stupid and highly disrespectful. By the way, uh, Gaethje should be on standby. Gaethje doesn't have a fight scheduled. Uh, he's ready. He's been training. Oh yeah, and he just beat Cowboy, the guy who you said if Connor beats, he gets a title shot. You following my logic here, Dana? <laughs> like this makes so much more sense. But you're over here playing Connor, 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 like just like you were a couple years ago. Gaethje. Hypothetically, hypothetically, say you offered Gaethje fights and Gaethje said no, or Gaethje's management said no. He said no because these fights didn't make sense. The only people for Gaethje to fight are top five guys. Really, are the top three guys. The only people for Gaethje left to fight are Ferguson, Khabib, Poye. Ferguson, Khabib, Poye. Like, this makes no sense. Also, you cannot convince me Connor has not refused fights when he literally did not defend two titles. Annie, you cannot convince Connor McGregor did not refuse fights when he literally did not defend two titles and decided to go play boxing instead of defending the lightweight title. You're going to convince me he didn't, like he seriously picked fights because he's Conor McGregor and you love him, Dana. You love him. You love the money he brings. He seriously handpicked fights. Okay. And so, uh, that rant, we'll just let that go for now. I'm very serious about this. I do not like this fight. This fight does not make sense. If this fight did not have Cowboy in it, I literally would get up and not watch this Connor fight. I would turn it off. I would not watch it. But it's got Cowboy and I love Cowboy. 
And I am so hoping Cowboy knocks him out and puts him where he belongs. Now, in some other dumb things that were said, this one was not from Dana, though. This one was from Connor. Connor believes that he was winning rounds. Not just a round, but rounds against Khabib. That's, I wish that wasn't what he said in this video. But that's literally what he said. He was winning rounds. That is so dumb. You were not winning rounds. A lot of people gave you a round. Yes. I gave you a round. But the other several rounds of the fight were easy 10-9 for Khabib. Some could almost be 10-8 for Khabib. You got your butt whooped and handed to you on a silver platter. And then you go on in this same video to say that Khabib is scared of you? No. Khabib just realizes you don't er, you don't deserve a title shot. You haven't earned a title shot. Khabib's not scared of you. He literally destroyed you in this fight. He took your will away. Scared of you. That is so dumb. So let's go ahead and take a look at the fight card to see what fights there are to look forward to. Because there are some decent fights on this card. And now this fight is taking place in Las Vegas. Now, on the pre-prelims, we have a women's flyweight bout with Sabina Mazo and J.J. Aldrich. I've got J.J. Aldrich on this one. Then we have a bantamweight bout between Brian Kelleher and Ode Osborne. I've got Brian on that one. Then we have a flyweight bout between Tim Elliott and Oscar Oskarov. I've got Oscar on that one. Um, he's 10-0-1. And, and Tim Elliott's 15-9-1. I'm going Oskarov on that. And we have a lightweight bout between Alexa Kamor, who is 5-0-0 against Justin Ledette, who is 9-2-1 no contest. I'm going to go Justin Ledette on that one. I'm probably going to be wrong on that. And Alexa Kamor is going to get it. But I'm going to go... Justin Ledette. And then we go into the regular prelims on ESPN. By the way, the pre-prelims will be on Fight Pass. They start at 5.15 p.m. Then the regular prelims start at 7 p.m. And we start out with a featherweight bout between Chas Skelly and Grant Dawson. I'm going Grant Dawson on that one. Then we have a lightweight bout between Drew Dober and Nazrat Hakparast. And I'm going to go Drew Dober on this one. Nazrat is 11-2. and two. Drew Dober does have a lot more experience though. 21-9 and one no contest. Then we have a featherweight bout between Andre Feely and Sadiq Youssef. Oh, I have a hard time picking this one. Uh, a really hard time picking this one, honestly. I'm going to go Yusef on this one. You know, he, re, he he's 10-1. and one. Andre Feely's 26. Both guys are great fighters, but I'm going to go Yusef. And then for the 
main fight on the prelims, we have a women's flyweight bout between Roxanne Montefiore and Macy Barber. Macy Barber is still undefeated coming into this. I'm actually rooting for Macy Barber in this, and then I'm hoping she does get her fight the fight she wants with Paige Van Zandt. Uh, I'd actually like to see that. I think there's a lot of heat between the two of them, and I think that does make for a good fight. That, that's genuine there. Not some BS Connor or BS Colby storyline. And then we have a we start off the main card with a lightweight bout between Anthony Showtime Pettis and Carlos Diego Fiera. I'm I'm rooting for Pettis on this. I always root for Pettis. I love Pettis. He's a great fighter. And then we got a women's strawweight bout between Claudia Gadelia and Alexo Alexa Grasso. Uh, Claudia, of course, you got. How, how do you not root for Claudia? And then we have a heavyweight bout between Alexi Olenek and Maurice Green. I'm going with Olenek on this one. Uh, first off. Oh my gosh, does Olenek have a lot of fights? Olenek's record is 57-13-1. That is 71 fights coming into this. That is an absolutely absurd amount of fights. Oh my gosh. And Marie Screen is 8-3. I'm going Olenek on this one. Uh, you know, maybe Marie Screen can pull out a victory here and, and that'd be a good good one for him. And then the co-main is a win of Bantam, women's bantamweight bout between Holly Holm and Raquel Pennington. If I recall, this fight was scheduled last, I want to say November or October, and got rebooked. Holly had an injury and had to pull out, and then it got rebooked for now. I'm going to go Raquel on this one. I'm going to go for Pennington. Both of them have very similar have similar records. They both have the same amount of fights. They both have seventeen fights. Holly's got a twelve and five record. Pennington has a ten and seven record. Uh, I'm gonna go Pennington on this. And, and you know Holly's losses are are to top fighters. I mean she, her losses are to Cyborg, to Nunez, and I think Tate and, and you know two more in there. But you know they're to the top of the top fighters. But uh, I'm going to go Pennington on this one. I don't know why. I just feel like Pennington's going to win this. And then the main event, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone. I'm going Cerrone on this, and I really, really hope Cowboy wins. A lot of people want Cowboy to win by by uh, submission, which I, I like. I like submission victory for Cowboy just because, you know, you got Conor admitting defeat, tapping out. But a knockout would just be so sweet to watch Connor get knocked out. Oh, that would be so sweet. I'm really happy he's getting a good payday for this, and I hope he wins. I really do. And I think most hardcore fans agree with me and, and think Cowboy wins. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I will be here next week to talk to you all about Cowboy's victory and how amazing it felt. And how great it was to be at the bar when everyone was just like, yeah, cowboy. And then we'll talk about the next fight night after that. And we'll talk about some news and topics as well. Uh, you know, the same thing, same thing next week, but probably a lot more excited, hopefully with Cowboys victory over Connor. So thank you, everybody. I'm Justin Henson. 
and I will see y'all next weekend.